quite interesting on Twitter. I follow them. I don't know who that is. They put up quite interesting facts. They Apparently, be. they're out of Brit, Brit, Britland. They couldn't be that interesting. In 1993, a man in Brazil tried to rob a glue factory, but accidentally knocked over two large cans and spilled the contents. The police found him glued to the floor, not being able to move. <clears throat> what an idiot. How do you... Do they make glue from horse hooves? They do. I believe. Really? I think they do. Still, to this day, that seems inhumane. I don't think they found any other way to make or obtain stickiness. <laughs> they found how to make ickiness, but not stickiness. So we have to use the hooves of equestrians, I think. You know what uh, You know what the policeman said when he found the guy? I don't know about detect an incoming dad joke. He said, you've escaped before, but this time the charges are going to stick. Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. And go. Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. This is Jerry, who is thus the star of the show. What's thus mean? Thus? Thus. Is it like here for? Thus, it's like so. Therefore. Because. I misused. Thusly? Thus. In the previous statement. I'm Gobby, host of the show. Thank you. Lindsay said I don't even need to say primary because there's only one singular host. Technically, no, because Enrique was promoted to co-host No, recently. no, yes, no, no, he, he was he, not. Yes, he did. No. On the last podcast, no, he was you like, can't, Oh, he, he did one good... He made you talk about a one game, and so instantly you promoted him. Why are you downgrading him? Why are you acting like he, what he does All is right. not important? Enrique, co-host. Right. He's, no, I'm saying Enrique. Oh, he's not here. Oh, he's not here. I couldn't take How it. can you be a co-host if you're not on the podcast? He, well, He's busy. He's got stuff to do. He's a busy man. I'm looking up this. No, not this. Like, it doesn't even know. It's like, what are you talking about? This. As a result or consequences of this. As a result. That would be it. So I am the star of the th show as a result of the show. So maybe that is right. Therefore. Therefore. It's the same thing as therefore. Hmm. But what, I've heard people say thusly. Are they just trying to be fancy? Thusly. Thusly. Like, doesn't L-Y make it an adjective or an adverb? It agitates me. Let me see if thusly, thusly. is a word. What would thusly Thusly, in for adverb, yeah, I know my grammar, mm. and not just Kelsey. Another term for thus. <laughs> so you can say it either way. No, <laughs> no, you pick one. Shut up, thusly. Thusly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get my Star Trek reference? Thusly Crusher. Oh. Uh, this is a board game podcast. Yeah, no. We are going to talk about a board podcast. game here in a minute, though. We do talk about board games, though, and generally. And the upcoming, this is called a, uh, what's this, prelude? Teaser. I'm going to tease you. Penultimate? You know, just like, and like in all the HBO shows, like the penultimate episodes are actually like the best ones with all the action, even though it seems to me the finale should be. No, because the finale, you want to cliffhang, whereas the penultimate, you have to set things up. And sometimes for a setup, you got you to gotta knock somebody off. 
You got to make things happen. Is that what Sylvester Stallone said when he's like, I, I got to go cliffhang. He cliffhanged. That was a really intense show. It was for the 90s. It was for the 90s. And the, and the lady from Northern Exposure, Janine Turner, with the mole on her cheek. I had a crush on her when I was a young You man. like Janine Turner? I like Janine Turner. That's the dark-headed lady who was the pilot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> off Northern Exposure, yes. one of the greatest... <laughs> Oh, my. I liked her. Fleischman and her never hooked. Fleischman. That was his. I couldn't think of the guy. I just know he was in numbers. Northern Exposure is one of the greatest American. It's not a sitcom. It's got a. It's soap opera ish, but it's not really a soap opera. It's a drama slash lighthearted. Yeah, it was quirky. It was known for being quirky. It was during the age of like. And John Corbett. My mother loved John Corbett. He was in My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Yes, he was. And I really like John Corbett a lot. Is it Corbett or... Cor- no, it's Corbett. He I was think. the radio jockey. Like, Northern Exposure is one of those shows I have never seen since. Some shows can live on in... What do they call that? Reruns and all that stuff. Northern Exposure, I don't... It doesn't seem like it did. 110 episodes started in 1990. So that's like a good four or five years. It's got a really high rating on IMDb. It went to 95, lots of awards. It was a comedy slash drama television about the eccentric residents of a fictional small eccentric. town in Alaska. Rob Morrow played the Joel Fleischman, who is the physician who moved out there. It was, Yeah, I don't know. They the, the people that made that also tried to make a doctor show that they set in Jamaica. I think it literally lasted like three episodes. But I remember it specifically. Because I was watching this doctor show that was a spinoff of Northern Exposure. Oh, it wasn't a spinoff. It was just from the creators of Northern Exposure. I remember sitting in my chair at my mother and father's house and watching this Jamaican Northern Exposure. Yaman. And I don't think you're supposed to do that. That what? You're appropriating their language. I'm not appropriating. I like it. They, they have a very know. cool way of... You're not supposed to do accents. So what am I supposed to say? Yeah, no. man. <laughs> yes, man. The guy who impersonates <laughs> literally everybody. Everybody <laughs> in Austria hates you. For but I do white people. And Australian? Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> you All can right. make fun of fellow white people. But you're Hispanic. Not make fun of. You're Brazilian. Chilean. That's true. I, I don't am. even know what part of South America you're from. Chile. You're from the South. I'm not. I'm from D. Queen, Arkansas. Oh. My father's from Chile. Anyway, I remember this Jamaican show. And I don't know why this memory is so vivid. Chips Ahoy had just come out with a chewy Chips uh, Ahoy. Uh, which I am on the fence about. And I would stick them in the microwave and warm them up. They're already chewy. But I liked them warm and chewy, as if I had baked them myself. They're faux baked. And I I would eat them by the sleeve. And I did that while watching the show. (laughs) And you'd sit there crying to yourself going, Jamaica me fat. (laughs) (laughs) Warm, chewy. I've never. Okay. So uh, since we're confessing about cookies. I got to clear those on my computer every now and then, if you know what I'm saying. This is hard to say because Oreos are made. Macadamia. The Oreos are made of some of the worst trans fat possible. Oh, really? Yeah. uh, But vegans are all vegan. They're vegan. They eat Oreos. But I used to freeze Oreos and eat them. No, that's that's kind of weird. If you freeze them and you want to portion control, because I could eat a bag of Oreos. Oh, yeah. But if you freeze them, they're hard and there's a certain texture that they, they obtain. So you take one out and it takes you a while to work through it because it's frozen. 
So I went through a period of freezing various uh, bakery bakery products, mm-hmm. thusly, and I had Oreos frozen. Ho hos are also good. Ho hos, Twinkies, Little Debbie brownies always stuck in the freezer. Little Debbie brownies, Star Kiss, Star Crunches. I call them Star Kisses. But that's the uh, chick off Rogue One, isn't it? That's Stardust. Yes. Yes, uh, that sorry. is Stardust. Stardust. Stardust in her eyes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I went to a stage. Stardust memories. Pecans or pecans, depending on where you're from, but they're actually called pecans. It's pecans. Uh, freeze them, too, and eat them. So, yeah, I, ha- I have a thing for frozen items. So, microwaving things to make them soft is not, I don't. Donuts. I do the same thing with donuts. I I'll eat a dry, hard, cold no, donut. No. I don't, I ain't into that warm Krispy Kreme. You keep that mess. No, I, I don't, don't like my donuts Kreme. hard. Krispy Kremes are only good warm. And cr- and cream-filled. I like cream-filled donuts. If there ain't cream in it, then how can they be crispy? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there's, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm anti-Krispy Kreme, unless they're hot off the press. No, I'm when anti-Krispy Kreme. No, if they At come, all. if they come down there, if if you go to their store and they have them where they're making them there, and they go up the escalator, mm-hmm. they drown them in that fountain of frosting, yeah. and they give you one hot and ready. Maybe it's okay, but I'm a daylight guy. Daylight, daylight, <laughs> daylight, daylight, they're all right, donuts. Daylight, uh, yeah, they're all right. They're not great. John Corbett, just before I get off on uh-huh. this, because we've gone way down the rabbit hole here. He is a country singer, mm. leaving nothing behind. 2013 with his with it reaching number 45 on the Billboard Country Ooh, album in Northern Alabama. I want to hear John Corbett sing country. I What's can't, his number one song? Uh, the album was "Leaving Nothing Behind." What's a song? He didn't say. Well, here we go. Is, is John Corbett gonna sing? I'm in so far. This is this will be the one that does not get pinged because this is, yeah, John. They're like, who's John Corbin? <laughs> He's forgotten. He's done this. this. Is, where's the? This is this all banjo? Hold on. Baby, don't let them blow smoke up your dress, and don't let them break your heart. Who would blow smoke up a dress? That's, don't start thinking that life's a mess. You've done just fine so far. I'm pretty good for yourself. That's not the world start getting it's got a good out of repartee. It's got a good rhythm. I'm about to get my jug out. <laughs> Let me get my spoons. My spoons. <laughs> uh, oh, the rub board. People, I wonder if I'll just do that on my abs. I, I bet nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Let me get my let me get, let me get the base out. Yeah. I bet people don't know what a rub board and spoons and plant. That's a that's a deep South thing. You don't think people? I mean, in other countries, you don't think in the old days they used a rub board to wash their clothes? Yeah, but I'm playing the rub board for music. Oh, oh, oh. That yeah, that might be like and a Kentucky bluegrass thing or something. If you know what we're talking about, send us an email if you've ever played the spoons. I have at Dog Patch in Arkansas. <laughs> Yeah, I play spoons all the time. I bet you do. Uh, let's move on to what we are going to talk about. Speaking of the good old days of the 1800s. Anno? Anno. Made by Martin Wallace. I keep wanting to call it Anno for some reason, but there's no umlaut over the end. There's no umlaut. I, so I say Anno. Umlaut. Is it umlaut? I think it's umlaut. Mm, it's A-U-T. Would you like a umlaut? Umlaut dip dap do up. Bibba da, bibba da. 
Those guys aren't anywhere now. <laughs> they're they're hanging happened? out with John Corbett. <laughs> no, John Corbett is already 10 times better than Hanson, except oh, wow. Chris. He's my favorite Hanson because uh, he's done more for the community. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, oh have a seat here, sir. Uh, you ever watch, what are you laughing those about? Those SNL skits with where Bill Hader's doing Chris Hansen. Uh, he's like, oh, oh wow. Chris Hansen. He loves those things. We need to start inviting people over to be on the podcast and then like start off the show <laughs> with them walking in. Oh, have a seat. Oh, so did you send this and just start reading random emails <laughs> that they sent us? Chief editing officer, podcast producer, primary host, pretty much the one that keeps this whole thing afloat. Uh, my bad here uh, from the future. I was getting Keith Morrison confused with Chris Hansen. Go to YouTube, Google Bill Hader, Keith Morrison, SNL. It's hilarious. Now back to the show. Oh, I do want to read some before we end this episode. Though, that so. aren't provocative in the least. <laughs> Go ahead. Are you going to read an email? No, I'll do it after the when we're almost done. Oh, okay. Anyo 1800 is a, an award-winning board game by my favorite designer martin wallace uh, it's also a video game which is actually pretty good i haven't played 1800 i think i played 1400 or something like that either way this is a engine builder car driven game with mm-hmm. tiles mm-hmm. that doesn't pique your interest i don't know what will where you are a colony a developing colony utilizing your various workers i believe there's like four or five different types of workers to run your businesses make items and use those items to make more items, use those items to make more items, use those items to then tech place trees. cards. Yeah, there's a lot of... It is very tech tree-ish, which plays well into the actual video game of Anya 1800, because there's a lot of tech trees in those games. This game, we've played it multiple times. We already did one podcast on it, but I think we deleted it, right? Was that the No, no, we never talked about this one. We, we did Tenor's Trail, and I lost that one. But we deleted the annual one, didn't we? We talked about it and got... I don't think so. I'm pretty sure we did. Why are we discussing it now, then? Well, we shouldn't discuss it. We shouldn't <laughs> we discuss should, deleted we episodes. Should, we should whisper about it. But you remember you got I, really upset in that episode? No, what? You're mistaken. You started crying? That was the wrong one. That was crying an, almost every episode. That was another one. That was Tenor's Trail. You sure it was Tenor's Trail? That was... Lost, quote unquote, air quotes. Okay, well, the annual one got real emotional too. Because I don't remember you an anti, one. You're so anti-colonist. No, just the I'm, thought. No, of, I'm anti 1800s. That's right. You had some deep thoughts regarding that that time period of the Doesn't 1800s. For me. You don't like them. Like you won't even watch shows that take place in the 1800s. I don't watch any westerns. Well, well, the early westerns, yeah. late westerns, 1901. That was like, you know, mm-hmm. Power of the Dog, that type yeah, of thing. Exactly. There Will Be Blood. That's not really a western. That's a horror movie. Horror? Technically. That's what old James Anderson, Wilson James. That was an oil movie. What's his name? Wesley, Thusley Anderson. Thusley Anderson. Paul. Thusley Anderson. Thusley Anderson. He said it was, he directed it like it was a horror movie. Hmm, never seen it. You should. Anyways, and Anyo. Anno. You, you are playing. A game of managing your workers, moving them on your own personal player board to obtain from the middle of the group this very large stack of tiles that are splayed out. A pain in the butt to set up. It is. Yes, you will be butthurt setting it up. It's also kind of frustrating 
that you don't really know what you have to really pay attention to what leads the what. Like you have to have pigs to make this, to make this, to make this, to eventually be able to make guns and use those guns to make ships and use these ships to trade with the other players at the table. There are some fascinating mechanics in this game that for some reason has caused us as board game snobs to be somewhat split on this game. Are we split on it? Do we... we it's not like I like it and you hate it. No. It's, uh, it's like we don't know if we like it, but we don't think we hate it. We, we've played it several times and each time we're like, I don't... Yeah, exactly. There, it's... I said about myself, there's no point in this... Usually a game I like, there's either like a, oh, okay, now I see what I'm doing, or a... Well, that's a cool thing. This has none of that. You're just building, 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 building. And lots of, like you said, there's lots of backtracking, not backtracking. It's lots of tracing your steps backwards. I need this tile to get it. I need that. Before that, I need this. Before this, I need that. And it's just, you trace it backwards. So then you go back and you start with that. And it's... I think to really, I think instead of us giving our opinion on this game overall, I think explaining the various little tiny aspects of it will help the listeners to kind of understand why we're in this conundrum. So, for instance, you start the game off with your own player board that has pre-printed buildings on it. And you have your own little docks with your own little ships and then your own little factories. And they make the various basic starting items, whether that's lumber or food or whatnot. When I saw those docks, I was like, what's up, Doc? And then you look out and see on the main board all these various tiles that you want to build. Now, how do you gain points? Well, at the beginning of the game, for each little cube, which are your workers, you gain a card. And on these cards are certain various items that you need to fulfill this card. And it's like you're hiring this worker, you're putting this worker out, and that worker gives you a bonus, a one-time or immediate bonus that lets you do something special. I like the cards. I like that idea of this is your objective, what's in your hand. This starting hand, I think, like eight cards because it's a card per worker. So now that's neat. So you have your little objectives in your hand of what you want to do to score points. And then you just look out and say, okay, I want to build this thing. So to build this thing, I need to move my little cube, my little worker from his worker spot down to my board and put him on this little building. And you can do multiple workers. You do whatever you need. You activate all the buildings with your workers, however many you need to get that tile. And so it's like, okay, I want this. So I'm going to move these guys here. Okay, so that's good. My turn's over. So that's interesting because what happens is at first you, you can just do what you want to for a little bit until you start realizing, well... This building only activates with this type of worker because there's multiple types of workers. And so it's like, well, now my workers have already been down here. They're already working. So how do I get them back? Well, you have to basically skip your turn and rest all your workers lest you pay them. You can utilize gold to retrieve workers and make them go work somewhere else. So that's a neat little function. And then at the same time, maybe you need a resource that's no longer on the board. You didn't develop this industry. Everybody else at the table did. Enrique has it now. And so you need to trade with him. Well, your ships are how you trade. You have little trade tokens on your ship. And so you look over, see how much it costs to trade. You discard that trade token, and you now have access to that resource, and that person gains some gold. So that's that's a neat little function where I'm trading back and forth with these other players. So all the little facets of this game are very, very neat. The trade's kind of like... This is, it reminded me of like the spy from Manhattan Project. Mm -hmm. You could put a spy on somebody else's stuff and act like you're that now, now that's mine. Right. It allowed you to 
look over at other players' board and say, hey, I need to use that object there. So I'm just going to, you know, get a gold. And, and I, they I, can't I, say no. No. Yeah. They, they, they make, so there's no negotiation. There is zero player interaction. Mm-hmm. You're not trading. You're not really doing anything other than affecting the other person by they getting gold, which is good for them because they can get gold and utilize it to access their workers. Some of the weird things that take place in this game. Number one, when you look out on the board, there's no real tech tree as in build this, build this, build this. It's here's all these objects. You figure it out. And so sometimes you'll want to build for perhaps like battleships. I want to call them ships with cannons because those give you combat points. And those combat points, you don't use them so much to attack. They're not combat points. They're like explore oh, points. You explore with cannons, don't you know? Yeah, that's what I do. It's <laughs> And so you go out and now you can add on to your player board. So you discard so many of these tokens, you get another big section of board, and now you have more land. You have colonized more land, I guess. You've explored the world and opened up new areas. Or you can go and trade with the natives. You go over here and find this area. Now you have access to some rare uh, various objects that you can trade with that will fulfill other objectives. And so the whole point of the game is build these tiles, build this engine up, and complete these cards. Well, to complete utilize your engine you have to have workers and so you have to either pay for workers or upgrade them and so that requires resources so now you're some some of your workers start off as green workers or this normal field workers and then there's like your technicians your blue guys are like engineers and then you move up and you, you you keep moving them up until you're like the precious purple looking teal looking workers that are like the investors that like are for big projects that you rarely use, but you're very expensive, but you need them. So as you're up, you're trying to use these resources to gain more workers and to upgrade certain workers. Well, every time you get a worker, you get another card and the game ends when somebody at the table gets rid of all their cards out of their hand. And so there's this weird thing that takes place where you start with like eight cards and all of a sudden you have 13 cards and you keep playing cards and keep playing cards. And you're like, man, I've played like 20 cards. How many cards do I have in my hand? Well, you a got bunch. a bunch. And everything you do gives you cards. If you explore these particular trade tiles, they it, it, you get three more cards. So then you look at them and you're like, oh, I need soap. Because to complete the cards, you need certain items or trade tokens or battle tokens. If it's just item. So you look at your hand, you're like, oh, I need soap, coal and a piece of wood. Well, to get soap, well, I got to get this tile. To get that tile, well, it needs this and this tile to get. Yeah, it's just a. There's a lot of reverse engineering. There's yeah, and at first, before Jerry said, if there's two tiles out there of each, some of except for the a few, but for all the tiles out there, there's two. So for a lot of the game, I'm just looking at the board like, oh god, where is this at? You're just searching the board a long time. I will say that the board there is on the player aid. It does the back of the player aid does show a depiction of the main board, but also the main board only has two tiles per object. So if you look out there and you just see that it's, they're gone, you're playing a three player game. You know somebody yeah. else has them, so that's helpful to a degree. But it is very. You have to look still. You, you still, a lot. you still, you, you, there are, there are numerous times in this game where I'm going, uh, I can't, I, I, who has whiskey? Who, I need to trade with you or who's got this? And, and, or, yeah, it's easier just to ask or trying to figure out, even on my own player board, when I have like 18 tiles, 18 worker spots spread across my tile on my, my player board yeah. where I'm looking going, wait a minute, do I have that? Do, where's my workers at? Da, 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 da. And so there's a lot of just hopscotching where you're just going from this point to this point to this point to this point. Now, I'm not saying that's bad. 
I'm saying that if you're not the type of if if you're the type of player that wants to look out and plan way far ahead and say I'm going to do this, this game doesn't allow you to have a lot of long term planning. It really does have a lot of intermediate level. It's like okay, what I want to do now? Well, I want to build a battleship. I want to be able to take my explore tokens and go out and get more area. So okay, so to build this, I need to have guns and sails and this. Well, what can I get? What's the first thing I can build? Well, I need to build sails. Okay, so I need this and this and this. So I need these workers. Well, I don't have this worker. Well, now I need to go upgrade this work. So, so you see how that goes. It's like you have to start from the end and go backwards. It's like you're inceptioning yes. 1800 exception, inception, not inception. What's that, tenant? Yes. Yeah, it's like you're going backwards. That's fine. And if your brain thinks that way, it's perfectly fine. If you're the type of person gets overwhelmed by tiles out here on the main board, tiles on your player board, and then having like scads of cards in your hand. Lots. Lots of cards. And that's the thing. For me, the first time we played it, we didn't finish it because we were two and a half hours in. That was with the teach. And then we had just loads of cards in our hand. So then the next time we play, we're like, okay, let's focus on getting rid of these cards and making... Ending this game. It's still a long game. Is Even it, trying to get rid of the cards. It is. It is. You, you will play this game for two hours. And your only reason you're building stuff is because of the cards in your hand. So you don't know what you're going to build until you get a certain card in your hand. Oh, you're like, oh, crap. Well, now I need this. Now, there are some public goals or these things up top that allow you to discard. You can just... I forget what, I think it's gold, the one we had. You can get rid of a certain amount of gold and get rid of some cards in your hand. That's what I used to, I got rid of several cards at the end of this game. This game was still a few hours, I mean, not few, uh, it was around two hours long, I guess. Yeah, it was two hours long. At but- two hours length, the style of game that this is. Yes, uh, we and we had this whole discussion of engaged versus enjoyment. I was engaged, I was thinking... I was involved because this game was nothing but, okay, what do I need now? Okay, You're just constantly thinking about what do I need now? Who has it? Do I have it? Can I build it? Da, da, you know, just what we've said already. For me, this game is not that enjoyable. It's engaging. You're going to be wrapped up in what you're doing. But at no point in time did I say to myself, this is fun. It doesn't have a fun factor to me. This is a, and this is a prime example of a game that is obviously well designed the fact that this game works and the scoring was so tight and everybody did something a little bit different for instance i did not do a lot of uh trading whereas i went after building certain high value products and so having that industry caused everybody to trade with me which meant i got a bunch of gold which means i utilized that gold to repeatedly uh, re- refresh my workers without having to skip my turn to, to, to retrieve them all. So I took multiple big turns and I stayed out doing things a lot. I still lost the game to Enrique, who did a completely opposite uh, strategy of just going in and exploring, building a bunch of ships and only building certain items. And so the fact that you can diverge from the primary goals to a degree and still win and it still be tight was a a fascinating thing that trading with the other workers, other players is works very well. There, there's everything about this game. I'm, I'm struggling to find a flaw in it. 
despite the fact that, as you said, you're engaged with this game, I think that on a personal note, I just don't particularly find it that fun. I And what's weird is we're, for some reason, in the minority. Like, everyone I have talked to on our Facebook group, everyone seems to love this game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, it's it's a quality game. I don't enjoy it. I have zero desire. I will play it if someone says, oh, let's play. Okay, well, fine. I'm, I'm worried that this might be a game that would grow on somebody. Like, if we continue to play it, at some point in time, are we going to go, I really enjoy this part of it. This, I find this fun. But at the same time, I think that this game really would catch the eye of certain types of players. For instance, like Feast for Odin and all of its various choices and how much stuff that it has going on there. I think people who like Feast for Odin having this big puzzle of junk out here, these tiles and things that they have to mess with. I think that type of player, if you enjoy that type of game, you're really going to like Anno 1800. I know. The same thing is true with people People who do, um, I'm trying to think, like s- s- multiplayer solo games where va- basically the players are all playing separately. There's very little interaction. And the most interaction it is is that Enrique took the last tile. He built this industry and now nobody else can. Or I'm trading with you. Get a dollar. That's the, the absolute most of interaction that you'll have. If you're fine sitting and looking at your own player board and figuring out your own little puzzle while having other players kind of get in your way, step on your toes, or you know, provide you some resources every once in a while and go back and forth, this game works very well. I cannot find something wrong with this game other than the fact that, on a personal note, if this thing was an hour long and did the same thing, I think I'd really enjoy it. The time, it's too long. For what and, it is. And, and every time you get a worker, you're adding cards to your hand. And you're the in the beginning, what I tried to do this last time was refrain myself because I was constantly wanting workers last time. I learned, well, if you do that, you get more cards in your hands. And the point of the game is to get rid of your cards. But yet, another thing, well, you another, built the most amount of workers still out of the three of us and were I, well, the but, one that ended the game. But and I, yeah, and I also built I, I was heavy into trading. The other thing I don't like, I like games that when you start to build stuff, you start to combo. This game has none of that. This game is just very straightforward. Also, like I said, this game has no moment in it when I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, and I like games that kind of evolve as you play. This game does none of that. The only thing that happens in this game is at the end, when nearly all of the tiles are built, the cards start coming out of your hands pretty quickly. Like the last four or five rounds, we were just laying down cards. And it does kind of wrap up quick. And I say quickly, again, with air quotes, because we were still two hours into this thing. Right. And for those reasons, I'm out. I, I think that that's the only thing I would say that would make me bad side of it. It does It seem like it is a little too long for what it is. It is engaging. You are trying to figure out how can I get this type of worker? How can I upgrade this guy? How can I get this resource? But at the same time, it does not have that fun factor. There's not one thing that I particularly enjoy about it. But strangely enough, like all Martin Wallace's games, even games of his that I don't particularly enjoy, it it works. 
Like it, it does what it's supposed to do. It takes this theme and says, here's here's what you're going to be doing. And it, it all connects. I mean, and in terms of like it's a Ravensburg game or Cosmos game. Is it Cosmos? Cosmos. It, 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 the production value. It's just tiles. The artwork's fine. Everything about the game is fine. There's player uh, player aids. The rule book's good. I mean, I kept looking at the rule book trying to figure out when this game ends because I thought I had something wrong. No. <laughs> no that's it. Rule book's good. Production value's fine. I mean, everything about this game works. It's very dry. It's very long. I think that this will only appeal to hardcore Euro players. If you're the Feast for Odin type, that type thing. If you don't mind having a lot of stuff spread out before you and you're willing to commit to a two hour game, I think that you're, you know, you're the you're the Sudoku type player. You're you're puzzling things out. You don't mind looking and going backwards from from the end and saying, okay, these this is what I'm going to have to do to get to this point. This game's for you. It's a fine game. And it's uh, I wish I liked it because I think I, I think I would like to play it a few more times to make sure that it's not one that just surprises me and I get into the get into it a little bit more. But certainly it's not something that would be in my my top 25. It's dry and long like the sandworms of Arrakis, which I'd much rather play Dune than this. Me too. But I'm a different different game. Speaking of our top 25, our top 10 list that we generally do every year, we've been behind on <laughs> for 3 years now. Was it 2019? 2019 was the last one. Wow. Pandemic set us back. A pandemic hit. Either way, we have decided to do a top 25. Why? For them clicks, because you people like uh, <laughs> you like uh, those lists. Because a top 10, there's so many games I thoroughly enjoy that I couldn't get into a top 10. Yes, you could not there pack are, them I, in. I have taught of 25 games. Now. Actually, tw- let's do a top 27. Because no, the 27 25, is what I want to talk I like about. round numbers. So uh, I looked at my stats, and I have played more than this. There are a few games that I forgot. But I, we have played, I have played and logged 416 games. Nice. Of that, I can come up with 25 games I really, 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 really like and games that I go back to. Now, there are some in our top 25, which is going to be the next, what, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, the next five weeks of podcasting. We may break that up somewhere in the middle to discuss something else. We might. We might not. Who knows? We may or may not. Who knows? We might all be dead by then. It probably will. But your point that the end is coming. The end is nigh. No, I'm thinking. Oh, you want me to fill it in while you're thinking? I can edit it out. No, don't edit it out. We're not about editing. We're about <laughs> You're not content. about editing. I edit. Anyway, do you think there'll be crossover? Well, good Lord, yes. Because I We love, play all of our games together you love for the, the most part. You love the same things that I love. Oh, for the most part. For the most part, which is super weird. Because I have a very objective and mathematical way of figuring out what the games that I like. And you just go by your feelings. <laughs> You like literally just I, go, I, was, I like the color purple. And I this box look, is purple. I was looking at, I am very much into dry euros. You are. Anno 1800 should be right up my alley, Which but I don't like it. Which is funny because I'm a dry euro. You are. I'm Irish. Mm-hmm. 75%. I see that. Well, you should drink better beer than what you're drinking then if you're Irish. This is a Shiner. It's a Texan beer. I know. Like I'm, I said. I'm from Texas. That's not that good. I'm not from Texas. It's sufficient. I'm from Oklahoma. Shiner's a good beer. So our top 25 is coming up over the next few weeks. I have another exciting announcement that I oh. should have. Of, uh, oh. I'm very sorry. I should have brought this up. Do I up. know this? You don't know this. I'm sorry. I should have brought this up. So you're having a baby. No, no. Oh. This is this is something I was working on when I was making this list. 
utilizing Board Game Geek and figuring out exactly where to rank these games has been a very interesting process. At the beginning of our top 25, I want to open up with us talking about how we come to our conclusions and to clarify some stuff. But before that, I discovered on Board Game Geek that there's such thing called a geek buddy. I did not realize I had a geek buddy. I do not know how I added this person as my geek buddy, but I have one geek buddy. You know, I've seen that, but I I never clicked so on it. So what that is is it allows you to look at the other people's rankings. I'm on BGG right now. And their their stats. I'm clicking it. And it allows you to make lists. Nobody's put I, I don't have anything. So here's how it's going to work. I would like, and I will post this in the Facebook group, and if I can figure out how to log into Instagram. You're my geek buddy. But I'm not your but you're not my geek buddy. It just says Jerry Baker. Recent articles by Baker ID. Okay. Oh, Oh, uh, okay. Well, we'll discuss this when we get to our emails. Okay. So what I want everybody to do who wants to be a part of this, to go to BGG, go to our forum that we have a group there. (laughs) We have a forum? Yes, we do on BGG. (laughs) With with, uh, 88 people just been sitting there waiting for us to post something. Or email me your geek ID, whichever you want to do, and I will add you on. And by me, he means us at boardgamesnobs at gmail.com. Correct. And I will add you into our Geek Buddy analysis. And what I would like to do is to look at all the games that all these people rank and be able to, be able to have like a top 10 of what our fans like for two reasons. One, I'm always fascinated in these games that people rank that they truly love just to see what the opinions of our fans are. But also you come across some games that I've just not heard about that some people really like. So this will require you to get on BGG and also rank your games. So I went down today just looking at the top 1,000 and ranked, made sure that I had ranked every game that I had played and made some adjustments and so forth. So if you'd like to be a part of this so that we can kind of have our top 10 of our fans at the end of this five are weeks. Are you going to compile that and how are you going to do that? On BGG, all you do is compile it. That's what it's for. Oh, really? It does it for you? You can Yes, you can an- analyze it. It's called the Geek Buddy Analysis. If you'd been paying attention, no, you wouldn't know not. this. I'm I know. too busy looking at some betrayal, but that's okay. Go ahead. So that's how it works. So yeah. that's what we'll do. Okay, so email or join our f- our, what do they call that on Board Game Geek? It's the group. The Guild. Guild. That's the term I was looking for. If you're for. gilding, though, you have no testicles, right? <laughs> is that how that is? I thought that was gilding. What's gilding? Uh, is gilding going from guild to guild? Who would do such a thing? Okay. That would get you gilded. Emails. Let's are, discuss these before we get to our are, five weeks of game podcasting. Are you only. guilty of gilding? If you if if you like to hear board game talk mostly, then the next five weeks are for you. After that, screw you. Go listen <laughs> to those top 100s. Steve Schlepphorst wrote about our uh, discussion of genotype. He says, I think I'm going to print Enrique's 10 out of 10 on the box in the next print run. Dear Mr. Slephorse, <laughs> uh, I think he sent me Cellulose, the game, not the, uh, it's not Cellulite. That's the dice version of it. He didn't send it. you like some fat. Uh, I think UPS lost it. I recently, <laughs> I just got off the phone with them saying I, uh, this package was supposed to arrive. I think it was from Mr. Slephorse. Please find it. So they've lost cellulose, but they're still looking for it. Thank you, UPS. Tyler from Chicago is also a Brandy Carlisle fan. Chicago Land Tyler. Troy Clohesse, our friend from Australia, says it's been a while. He also enjoys Book of Love was his wedding song. Oh, did they have that in Australia? Weddings? 
No. Love. Songs? Books. Love? What? What? Which I don't part? know. Like the song. I didn't know it was popular there. Uh, it's it's Peter Gabriel. He's popular everywhere. That doesn't mean there's music. No, that Peter Gabriel is not popular everywhere. He is too. He also says that on another note, he bought Cooper Red Cathedral for Christmas. About time. He has a weird... <laughs> okay. Well, this... <laughs> this is a weird way of phrasing it, but he says he has a weird Russia fetish. Based basically on dubstep, AKs, and fuzzy hats. Admittedly, it's an uncomfortable fetish to have at this moment. Is Cooper a Russian asset? You know, <laughs> perhaps so. Comrade Cooper. Comrade Cooper. I can't do a Russia accent. I can do a Sean Connery do- doing a Russian accent. He says accent. he also remembers something about buying season six of the West Wing. I, we've never discussed West Wing. I've well, never I seen, have. I've never seen the West I Wing. I like how he puts his jacket on. I think that's over my head. I don't know. Okay. You don't listen to this podcast. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Strap in now. Hamam Zamzami. Yeah. I'm not sure that's how you say your last name. I'm sorry if it's wrong. He said, Who? Hamon? Hamon. Hey, Mon. He said, Get it? Call back. (laughs) Hey, you're trying to overlook this because of the extreme error of your ways. What'd he say? You posted on BGG without my knowledge. I did. I do this all the and time. And you were trying to do this thing of, uh, hey, map question, Western legends, is this a legal movement? And a resounding yes, it was legal. In fact, not only did everyone on Board Game Geek said, looks legal to me. Everyone on Instagram said, looks legal to me. And then Dice Spire of Instagram, not sure who that is, but they tagged in the illustrator mm. and the designer of Western legends. And both of them come in and said, yes, it's legal. You we're wrong. Uh, I think you need to listen to that podcast again. No, <laughs> no, you were wrong. Uh, you said it's, it's only a centimeter wide. No, uh, and I, I, I said, and if you will pay attention, because you don't, I said that the illustration itself was poor. No, you were implying heavily I was making an illegal move and taking well, advantage of poor illustration, yes. which I did not. Yes, you did. You did it twice. No, no. No, no, because no, 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 no. we're not going to do this again. No, no, listen. You were listen, wrong. No, listen. Just admit. No, listen. You're, you you said, are leaving out context. Number no, one. No, no. Listen you, to this. No, you listen, were Listen, because you don't want this said. You did that same route multiple times during the game and never took that route. Not until the very last move, then suddenly you decided that that was a legal move. No, I did not decide it was a legal move. No, I just no, saw it. But you never did it each time. So not even you saw it the first two times you did is it. That, does that make it wrong Which that is, I didn't notice No, something? no. You quit interrupting me no, so I can make no, my point. No, your point is. No, you, no, I did not. You were saying. I did not say that's that. That's only a centimeter long. No. That was a legitimate move it that you not. would not let me make. No. I can't help their art. What I was you doing, were cheating, and you knew. I was not cheating. You, I was no. using the board according to how you, it was presented. No, it was not. It, was it most certainly not. was. <laughs> That's a mistake. No, you said that. I did not say it was an illegal move. I said that I think that is poorly illustrated, and we had to house rule it. So we left it up to Enrique, who of course agreed with me. Of course he did, because he he's he's a yeah. There you go. He likes being wrong so, too. I will point out that on BGD, there are numerous threads that are in the same line of questions with map questions on Western legends. And then you were like, oh, that's an awful, that's awful, uh, awful, awful artwork. artwork. It is. Let me tell you, is, is. The, is the world perfectly square? I'm just saying. No, no it's not square. But, but, There's Guess what? There's narrow canyons and cowboys always ride through them in the movies. I don't know. I'm just saying. Then my point was, is that that illustration was very poor and not obvious. So, 
that was my only point, and I think okay. that that's subjective. Let me say, when, no, no, because when we played the game, you did not allow me to make that move. No, no, no. Because I, you I, deemed it wrong. I house ruled it. I said, uh, th- that's leave it the to, same thing. I said, leave it to You're Enrique. saying, I don't think that's right. You, we left it up to Enrique. <laughs> no, we did nothing. Yes, the two did. of you outvoted me. That's what happened. That's called democracy. No, if you no. want something different, you and Cooper can figure that out yourself, comrade. Cooper, was, come at me. I'm just saying. So, I think that hopefully in the next edition of Western Legends, they will utilize some clearer mark ma- mappings mm-hmm. just a little bit. That's my only thing. So, there you go. I'm fine with it. I will remember that next time we play. I don't think that that's necessarily a uh, common move, but whatnot. It's okay. just poorly illustrated. Mm, I disagree. But you didn't see it the first two times, though. That's not my fault. I didn't have my glasses on. Right. All right. So right. the coming five weeks, get ready for lots of board game talk. Oh, my God. Lots of it. All right. Until then, I'm Gavi. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. Stay classy.